Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Been a wonderful day. The Lord is still faithful in the midst of everything. God remains faithful. I am delighted to be here this evening and to be able to share with you. Uh, but before we even get started, I have to pause and give God praise and thanks for blessing us with the greatest pastors on this side of glory in the persons of Dr. James and Lady Sylvia Harris. And we just want to let them know how much we love and appreciate them for the sacrifice of standing on the wall and taking a stand for God and not compromising even in the face of everything that's going on. I tell you, I'm so glad that God doesn't change, but everything around us seemingly has changed. So tonight we are going to be talking about wrestling with change, wrestling with change. Our text will actually come from Genesis chapter 32, and we're going to cover verses 24 through 32. And we're going to do a little reading, but we're going to extract from that our lesson tonight. And we're going to read it in the translation here that we have, King James Version. And it reads as thus, and it says, and Jacob was left alone. And there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint. And he wrestled with him and he said, let me go for the day breaketh." And he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. And he said unto him, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince, thou hast power with God and with men and hath prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, wherefore is it that thou ask after my name? And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of that place Peniel. For I have seen God face to face and my life is preserved, that is, seeing the face of God. And as he passed over Peniel, the sun rose upon him and he halted upon his thigh. Therefore, the children of Israel eat not the sinew which shrank, which is upon the hollow of the thigh unto this day, because he touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh in the sinew that shrank. And tonight we're going to talk about struggling or wrestling with change. Wrestling with change. I guess with everything that's going on, if there's anything that we can all agree on during this whole pandemic experience, it is that it has introduced and in some instances abruptly brought about change. Change in the way we do things, change in how we work, change in where we work, change in how we interact with our loved ones, friends, and those that we have lost during this time. In general, we will change either one of two ways, by choice or by force. Typically, we usually fall somewhere in between there. 
although we would like to think that we are susceptible or we're more receptive to change, sometimes God has to allow certain things to happen so that it will push us towards change. Uh, typically, on an average and for the most part, uh, people, about everyone, tends to resist change when it first shows up. A little is okay, just as long as it does not disturb my routine, my day-to-day, or that rut and sense of complacency that we sometimes think we're not in, but we realize or stubbornly refuse to acknowledge. So we find ourselves in the middle of change. Change can be typified or looked at like a pebble being dropped into a brook or a stream, causing a ripple effect. And that ripple effect reverberates through our life or it's swept into the current of your life and changes everything you got going on. Or it's like a boulder being dropped into an ocean or a sea that almost goes unnoticed. Some things we don't even pay attention to. But sometimes change is very much like that same boulder being dropped into a brook or a stream and it interrupts the flow and brings everything through a, to a screeching halt. And this is where we might find ourselves now. Real change, real change will show you who you are. Real change will actually, just like with our subject tonight with Jacob, real change at one point is going to ask you, what is your name? And you will have to answer because at this point, just like our text tonight, Jacob was left alone at Peniel, sent everyone away. He was left alone. And the scripture records that he wrestled with the man there until the breaking of day. Well, sometimes we tend to think that because men are involved, that they're in control of things. And we tend to think we focus on their actions and we tend to say, well, you know, it's just man doing this to me. But I beg to differ with you. It said that he wrestled with the man. But then we find out as we read on that he named the place. His experience was so profound that he said, I have been with God face to face. So most of the time we focus on how things have changed. When in essence, the more important thing to take note of is how much things have changed us. We sometimes rush, just like now, we're in a place where they're trying to decide whether we should go to phase two, phase three, or whether we should just revert back to phase one. When some, we sometimes rush to get through things because we don't like it or it's uncomfortable. Or we have little, if any, control over the circumstances. The reality is we might be rushing back to what we think to be normal, when in truth, the normal that we once knew no longer exists. Or to our own surprise, has changed so much to the point that we may not even recognize it when we get back there. We end up being disappointed or disillusioned because we did not take the time to take advantage of the downtime. And we have more than enough downtime. Can you recall saying, if I only had the time, I would do this, that, and the third? The greater and the greatest disappointment 
would be to go through all of this and come out on the other side the same as it was when we went in. It's like driving a car and you're looking in the rearview mirror at where you have been or what's behind you, but we're not looking at where we are going and what's going on in front of us. These are the things that we have to look at tonight. And I want you to focus on, ask yourself, have I taken advantage of the time that I have been given? Or have I been distracted, even in a pandemic? Have I been distracted because I've stayed plugged into the news? And I'll be honest with you, I have unplugged from a lot of the news. I get just a tidbit just to know I might get the weather and traffic. And after that, I pretty much kind of let it go because it plugs in and the news is now different than what it used to be. They used to give you the news and they gave you the facts and then you could decide for yourself how you pan, how things panned out with you. Now the news is more like a, a show and they feed information to you trying to guide your sense of thought. So it's almost like herding cattle. They give you enough information to have you tune in from the six o'clock news to the seven o'clock news to the eight o'clock news until you leave to go out the door to go to work. You're plugged in all that time. Just last night with all of the, the, the uh, weather we've been having, uh, the lights went out after the storm. And typically, just like any other time, we react initially like, oh man, how long are the lights going to be out and, and what, what do I need to do? But it's amazing how God causes all things to work together for our good, that even in the midst of darkness, we find light. Uh, how many of you, let me ask you, can get dressed? You know your surroundings well enough that you can get dressed in the dark. Or how many of you know where everything is so that even with a little light, you could find your way to get ready for work. Well, that was my experience. Uh, lights went out. They didn't just come back on. I was hoping that they would come back on before daybreak. Well, that didn't happen. And the day came on. I was hoping that the scripture would come to life. It says uh, that it would rise in the morning and we would have light. And that was not the case. So, but during the night season, I rested because it was quiet. And sometimes quietness can be awkward. I imagine when Jacob was left alone and he had sent his family over, anticipating that he was going to have to deal with his brother Esau. And sometimes the things that we do in our past, sometimes those things we will have to face in the future. So we tend to go through all the things that we think we need to do simply so that we can be ready to handle what's coming. If you look at this tonight, if you look at what Jacob went through, sometimes we might even take the shortcut through a trial. You cannot afford to take the cliff notes version of what you're going through to make a significant change. They used to have a saying that says that the devil is in the details. Well, I, I, I don't subscribe to that thinking. Sometimes there are key things that you need to know with going through an experience that's going to prove to be beneficial to you. You're going to be able to appreciate it more when you go through. Shortcuts 
only take away some things and you're going to have to face off with those things. Now, although Jacob, let's look at the story here. Let's go back a couple of verses. Jacob actually, he understood what a birthright was. He took advantage of his brother coming in from a field, had been working, had been hunting. You know, they were in two different jobs. He found that his brother come in and he was hungry and he was famished and he was tired. And Jacob had cooked some pork. His brother come in and sometimes because of our appetite or what we presently want, we may not consider the price or the value of what we're about to give up. Jacob, when Esau asked him for the porridge, Jacob said, well, I'll give you the porridge, no problem, but I need you to give me something. So Jacob said, if you give me your birthright, I'll give you the porridge. How many of you have given up something, not really thinking about how important it was? Because at the moment you were so consumed with something else that was in front of you. Maybe it was something that you wanted to do. And you figured if I go this way, then I'm going to take care of this and I'll go back. Well, the sad truth of the matter is sometimes we might give up things that we can't get back simply to appease our own appetite. If you if we're learning anything with this epidemic, you can't fake who you are when you're by yourself. If you lie to others, the worst thing you can do is lie to yourself. If you notice, Jacob was left alone. So there was nobody around him to, to either even bring up notes about, well, Jacob, you know you did this, that, and the third. He was by himself. Significant change usually takes place when you're by yourself. But you have to ask yourself, Am I willing, am I willing to confront the things that I need to face going forward? And I would advise us not to get caught up on what we see on the outside. People tend to get caught up on the cosmetic and the superficial. Now, something that we are going through now, we're at a point of where society is crying out for change. And while taking down the statues and doing all these things and the, and the coming together for uh, doing the marches, all of that is significant, but it tends to be more cosmetic and superficial because we're focusing on the symbols of things from our past. And we have to be careful that we don't become so captivated by removing things that are superficial. It's almost like if you were to buy a house and in buying the house, they told you that there was problems with the foundation. But you were so concerned about purchasing this house that you bought the house anyway. You sprayed over the part that showed that there was a problem with the foundation. And then you hung curtains in the window thinking that everything's going to be OK. I would submit to you that that's pretty much where we are now. We need some significant change. We can't be caught up on the superficial or the cosmetic. It's almost like we want to look the part. Just like if you look in the book of 1 Samuel 16 and 7, it says man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And it's the difference between David and Saul. Okay, If you think about those two, David 
people tend to enumerate the things that David did wrong. But God turned around and said that David was a man after my own heart. And Saul, the one that was chosen to be king, had a problem with appearances. Just because he was head and shoulder above everyone else, sometimes we figure that our place will give us an advantage. But God doesn't look at things the same way man does. It is, it is paramount that we use this time where we are now to look at ourselves, to look introspectively, to look within and say, Lord, is there anything? And we really don't have to ask the question. We can say, Lord, those things that are in me that you know that I've wrestled with, that you know that I've struggled with during this time, God, I open my heart to you. And as you reveal these things to me, give me the strength, the things that I have struggled with and the desire that I have to change. Lord, give me the strength. See, because sometimes change comes or happens to teach us the real value of what we already possess. Or just as Esau, it might teach us how little we value that which was given to us at birth. See, Jacob, every time they called his name, they were calling him heel catcher. Heel catcher means that you get by by any means that you can. So Jacob, this bothered him because it's not like in modern times now when we name, when people name kids, oh, they come up with some names just because it sounds good. But in the biblical days, they named their children based on their future or based on their heritage. So that as they went forward, when you called their name, you actually reminded them of their purpose. Sometimes God will permit or allow you to experience your greatest pain just before your life altering change. Let's go back to look at the scripture. If we look at when Jacob wrestled with the man, he wrestled with him. Jacob was so determined to hold on that even when the angel touched the hollow of his thigh and his thigh was out of joint, let me pause right here. How bad do you want your change? Because see, if you think about this, God allows pain. He allows the things that we go through so that it can help us to change. But see, the idea of the angel touching the hollow of his thigh and his thigh goes out of joint, that is, that's very painful. That's very painful. But Jacob was so determined that I'm going to come out of this different. I've come here. I'm facing my past. I got to face my brother, the one that I stole his birthright from. I've, I've got to face him, but I can't face him the way that all this started. I got to have a change. Let me ask you this. How bad do you want to change? Do you want to change enough so that even if God allows pain to come into your life, will you hold on because you're determined? I encourage you, even if what you're going through right now, even during all of this that's going on, if it's painful, God has allowed it. 
Twinkie Clark wrote a song that says, accept what God has allowed. If you have really, if we have really committed our life to God and we say that we trust him, why is it that sometimes when we experience pain, we turn to everything around us as opposed to just turning to God and saying, God, if you allowed it, now, now don't get me wrong. It doesn't belittle the change that you're going through. It doesn't make light of the pain, but it sets things in perspective. It allows us to turn our hearts towards God because when Jacob was left alone and he wrestled, if you look at what the scripture says, he wrestled with the man until the breaking of day. Sometimes the very change that you're seeking from God is right at your, is right at the edge. You're right at the edge of that change. But you have some pain that you must endure to get past that point. That's where we find Jacob. But Jacob made a decision. I am so much in pain, but I cannot let go. I've got to have the change that I'm after. Now, let me ask you this. If we look at that last scripture, that last text, the 30 around the 30th verse, he actually said, when the man said that, when he realized that he, Jacob was not going to let him go, the man said in the 26th verse, he said, let me go because it's daybreak. Jacob's response was, I'm not letting you go except you bless me. This is a critical point here because at some point you have to be so determined that God, I trust you that even in the midst of everything I go on, that I'm going through, you said that all things will work together for my good. You said that you will supply all of my needs according to your riches and glory. You said that weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. So right at that point where you are, he asked him one thing though. There's one question. He asked Jacob, what is your name? What is your name? Now, this may be, might not seem important because you may say, well, I mean, his name was Jacob, big deal. But remember what I said about a name. When he said his name, he was calling himself heel catcher, trickster. But the angel asked him, what is your name? When that question is posed, can you be honest? Can you say your name? It, better than that, can you be honest with where you are? Can we be honest and ask that question and say, my name is, and fill in the blank? That caused Jacob to reflect probably on the incident between he and his brother because he was told that his brother was coming. And he was told that his brother was coming, but not by himself. So I submit to you that there's going to come a critical point where you're going to have to just be real with you. See, God already knows our hearts. 
That's why David cried out and say, Lord, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit of mind within me. So he understood. If you look at that account, David was quick to repent. So God said that David was a man after my own heart. If we look at Saul, Saul was more concerned with looking right than being right. At some point, we have to reach a point in our lives where we are more concerned with being right and not of our own accord, not of our own righteousness. We have to be drawn to God and say, God, you know what's in me. You created me. So when asked the question, what is your name? It was a way of just saying, who are you? Who are you? So we know Jacob answered the question. My name is Heel Catcher. Can you fill in the name, your name? Can you say, because that was his past, but he had to identify with that. He had to answer to his past. The scripture says in Malachi 3 and 6, although we face change, the scripture says, I am the Lord and I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. Some changes are necessary and some changes are harder than others. But isn't it good to know that the Lord does not change? And it does not mean his character is not referring to his character changing because his character remains the same. But it, it talks about how he deals with us. He deals with us. You know, the scripture says that, that the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. This is how he communicates with us. So because God does not change, even though everything around you changes, God is still there. Pretty much waiting at the point where we walked off to try something else. He's still there. But I ask you this. Have you gone through enough? With your change, if you look at that last verse, and I'm going to close with this, verse 32, it said, Jacob named the place, 31, let's look at the last three, it said, Jacob named the place Peniel, God's face, because he said, I saw God face to face and lived to tell the story. The next verse said, the sun came up as he left, limping because of his hip. It says, this is why the Israelites to this day don't eat the hip muscle because Jacob's hip was thrown out of joint. And I want to ask you this. The pain that you have gone through, the change that you have gone through, is it significant enough that somebody else can benefit from the change? Can somebody else benefit from your pain? It's not enough that you went through it. Don't hide it. When asked your name, don't be afraid to say where God has brought you from. Don't be afraid to say what you've gone through. Sometimes the things as in society, they say you put your best foot forward. Well, sometimes we only help others around us when we are 
bold enough to share where we came from. Yeah, you might know my name might have changed. Jacob's name went from being supplanter or heel catcher or trickster. His name was changed to Israel because the angel said, now you have power with God and with man. So what you're going through, you may be wrestling. You may be wrestling. But when you wrestle and you really come to grips with the changes that you have to make, when you come to grips with that, it's going to help you in the long run. In the chapters to come, and I'm going to cut off right here, in the chapters to come, once, Dave, once, once Jacob was changed, the next chapter, guess who's waiting to meet him? His brother. His brother is waiting to meet him. And his brother didn't come by himself. The scripture says that Esau brought with him 400 men. Now we know in scripture, the number 40 typifies testing. So if you think about it, he brought 400 men with him. 400 men. So that was almost like it being multiplied a hundredfold almost. So when we allow God to change us, scripture says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me. He wants us to be the best that we possibly can. But sometimes he has to allow things to happen that will get us to that point. God gets no glory out of bringing us pain. The glory comes when we learn to use that experience because it defines our relationship with God. So I ask you, have you been through enough? That although I'm leaving Peniel and I'm limping, I will limp because I'm not the same person that I was before. I will limp because I have seen God face to face and lived. I'm limping, but don't get it twisted. Don't laugh at my limp because that limp is representative of me having an experience with God. We're going to come out of this, and many of us, I pray, I pray for that we won't come out the same way we went in. And if you have a limp, that's all right. That, the scripture says, I bear in my body the mark. Means that I've gone through some things. I've suffered some things. But it does not mean it will stay the same. Because God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So in this time that we're going through in struggling and, and coming to know ourselves even the more, take full advantage of the downtime. Wrestle with that change because God is the one that's truly in control. Even, even with the leadership, God is still in control. It might seem like it's not, but he's still in control because God sets up 
and he takes down. Even though we make some choices that's not in our favor, God still causes all things to work together for our good. So we're wrestling with change. You're going to come out of this and you're going to be better than you were before. You're going to have more than you have before, but there will be some loss. You might lose some things, but it's not forever because nothing that we give up for God, even in the midst of all this, God is able to restore any and everything that we have lost. So I submit to you, be encouraged, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. God is there for us. He said, I'll never leave you, nor will I forsake you. I'll be with you always, even until the end. So God is here. He's there. He'll never leave us. So I encourage you tonight, wrestle. Don't give up because of a little bit of pain. Don't give up because of much pain. Because God is well aware of your circumstance. He's well aware of your needs. And he's going to meet all of your needs. But we have to exercise that faith in him to know that he has my best interest at heart. So I encourage you tonight, keep wrestling. There's a reward at the end. There's a reward. All that we're going through is going to amount to glory that you could not have expected. It says that I, the scripture says, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed. So go through, be encouraged, be encouraged. Thank you for your time this evening. And I pray that these words have been an encouragement to you. And I pray that during this time, you will open your heart to God and say, Lord, I, I, I have some things in my past that I need to reconcile with. Let him do it. Let him lead you. Let him guide you through this time. So as we come out of this, we will have an experience to share that will change the lives of people that we come in contact with. So God bless you. Be encouraged. I bid you Godspeed. God bless you.